You women are in so need of truth. I'm not going to be able to do that. So turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Y'all did hear that, ladies, didn't you? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm joking. I'm kidding with y'all. I got my flashlight. Uh, y'all know what I did in church when I was a kid, don't you? I got my flashlight. Oh, there, Tim got me. Justin, be good, boy. Oh, Justin, sometimes I have to call on you, man. Yeah, I'll get you guys. You got to talk when you're supposed to talk and shut up when you're supposed to shut up. I know. Yeah, he, he's got the gift of gab, so that wouldn't be a problem for him. Hebrews chapter 2, and really uh, we're continuing this uh, series we did last week. Last week was the uh, part one where I addressed the need for salvation and how people that do not have Christ are going to suffer because of that and they are suffering now and will suffer eternity. Hebrews chapter 2 uh, beginning with verse 1 Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. We can stop right there. We need to pay attention to what we've already heard. We've heard enough. We've heard enough truth from God's Word to bring revival to the whole world. Preachers are preaching the Word in pulpits all around this country and all around the world today. Did you realize, you know, sometimes all we think about is the negative things, how people have compromised and they're not preaching the Word. But there's good men of God all over the world today preaching the Word today all around this country and all around the world. We ought to give a more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. That's to all of us. He said, uh, at any time we should let them slip. And that's what happens when you drift away from God. A Christian doesn't just run away from God, but they just kind of slip. They drift away. They slip away. They drift away. You, you come to church and and uh, you come to Sunday night service, and then you come to Wednesday night service, and and then you, you come to Bible study with that too in the mornings, and then you just kind of cut out a Wednesday night here and a Wednesday night there, and then you cut out a Sunday night here and a Sunday night there, and you cut out a Sunday morning here and a Sunday morning there, and before you know it, you're going on Christmas and Easter. We call them Easter, uh, we call them a yeah, yeah, CEOs, yeah. Easter lilies, too. They bloom on Easter. And uh, we love to have them here because we get a chance to bring God's Word to them. But that's what happens. We drift away. We slip away. A saved person can do that. Now, he said for the Word, and, and now he's going to talk about the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God. He said, for if the Word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. He's going back to the Old Testament time where words of an angel was recorded, word of a prophet was recorded. He says in verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? You know, you and I have the tendency to think, Oh, wow, God hadn't done much. You know, I hadn't heard from God. I hadn't heard a voice. You know, Old Bible just sitting there, nothing. Jesus, two thousand years ago, died on a cross. 
Well, well, well. I think we need to be careful or that that sentiment might drift into our life. God has spoken to this world. What a great blessing that is. God, the Holy Spirit, has given us this book, His Word. What a blessing it is. And God's Son died on a cross 2,000 years ago. And how refreshing and how new that is. Should be our attitude. He said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord Himself and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? Now we talked last week about people that neglect to be saved, how that it goes on. Almost 8 billion people in the world. What a privilege it is to know Christ. What a privilege it is that we heard the gospel and we got saved. And we're on our way to heaven because of that gospel. And we believed on that gospel and we're saved. What a blessing that is to be right with God. And by the way, the only way to be right with God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Religion won't do it. I don't care. I mentioned all those religions last week, named a few of them. But religion will not make you right with God. Only through the Son of God can you cross the gap, the, 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 the separation from God only through the cross can you cross that separation and know God through Jesus Christ is the only way to know God now our text is not to people that are not saved it is to those of us who are saved how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation what a blessing to be saved and we need to be careful that we don't take this privilege for granted and neglect to follow up with our experience with God and salvation and grow in our faith in Christ and become the Christian that God called us to be when He saved us. Romans 8, 29, God has ordained us that we should be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. How shall we escape if we neglect to grow in our faith? The privilege. To be a Christian, we have eternal life. Is that, that's enough right there to shout. But, but so great. Why is it so great? Because of the privilege that we have. Because of the power that it gives us. To the, because of the privilege, the, the, the provisions it makes for us. He, he saves us in, and He keeps us in His will. The plan of salvation, that's why it's great. The person, Jesus Christ, and the price that He paid on the cross. It's a great salvation. So great came from a great God. Now, have you discovered how great God is? Maybe maybe that doesn't mean much to you. Uh, By searching the Scripture and by walking in the garden with Him alone and spending time with God, we learn to love and appreciate the Lord and the salvation that He has provided. And how shall we escape if we don't continue in the faith and grow in our faith and learn in our faith, what God wants us to know. Now, he didn't say the word uh, neglect. Notice, notice what he said. How shall we escape? He didn't say reject, but he said neglect. People that are not saved have rejected the gospel. You have received the gospel. And so he says, how shall we escape if we neglect? The word neglect, that's a big word. To neglect is to leave something that we should tend to. So we should tend to this 
salvation that God has provided for us in Christ. We need to consider the Savior. We need to consider the price He paid on the cross. We, we need to consider that it's a privilege to be saved with billions and billions and billions of lost people, and we're saved. We should consider what a privilege and what a blessing, and we should not neglect the salvation that has been brought to us. We should not allow other things to become more important to us than our salvation. The most important thing you have is your salvation. I, I hear testimonies from time to time, and I listen real quiet, and, and I, I hear about a person that says, uh, well, the most important thing uh, that ever happened to me is when I met my wife. No. No. And it wasn't a girlfriend I had before her either. And I listened to testimony, and a person would say, oh, the greatest day of my life is, is when, I, when I met my husband. And I keep waiting. I say, why is that important? And they don't tell me what I want to hear. Because if the most important day that you met your wife or husband was that that led you to know Christ, but through them you became a Christian, I can go for that. I can go for that. But the greatest day of a life of a Christian is the day they discovered salvation, the day they met the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't feel like it happened that way, that's not the big deal. The big deal, if you trace back, if you trace your steps back, you will discover that that day put God in your life and stated a plan for your life that started. And you are where you are today because of that great experience of knowing God through Jesus Christ. I, I've said this before before to privately I've never said it publicly but uh, I'm, I'm so glad that when Keith Ray got saved I'm glad he got away from God and got into the world aren't you brother I know it's sad to say it that way but because of that he met an unsaved woman and they got married she got saved he got turned on for Jesus hey you know it goes back to the day you got saved old Keith God had a plan. You've got to realize, every one of us, the greatest thing that ever happened to us in life is our salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect it, though? Don't let anything get in the way of that. The most important thing is that don't let money, don't let property, don't let a job, uh, don't let relationships, don't let politics, don't let housework, don't let, don't let excuses. You know, in Luke chapter 14, Jesus gave us the excuses that uh, he gave us three excuses that people one said I, I bought some oxen, right, and and the other one I'm. What was the other one? He, he I bought some property, and then the other one he said I married a wife. Excuses. And I'll tell you what. <laughs> buying property, buying equipment, marrying a wife are pretty important things. But they should not be excuses for us not to, to, to work in and, and develop what happened to us when we got saved. Now, what, what's your main attraction? What is your main attraction in life? We need to appreciate our salvation. Now, what can we lose? If we neglect our salvation, 
What valuable spiritual truths and can we lose? I'm going to give you a few of them. Then there's more. This is this is not exclusive and, and all inclusive. There's other things that you lose, and I'm not getting into all the details. But I just want to mention a few things this morning that you can lose because of neglecting your salvation. First of all, if, if you can you can you can lose your fellowship with Jesus. Now in the First John, we'll get there. First John chapter one. You might want to turn there, but now we're going to be heading there. If we neglect our salvation, if we don't, if we don't continue our walk and continue seeking God, if we neglect our salvation, we lose our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is important to us. What did he say to the church of Ephesus? He said, "You are lukewarm. We become just." A lukewarm Christian, which, which in our mind, Jesus is not really that important in the lukewarm Christian. We lose that fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ when we neglect our salvation. And the Lord said, I wish that you were either cold or hot. And the reality is, if we cold, he'd deal with us in a, in a real way. If we were hot, he wouldn't need to deal with us. But we're just comfortable. You know... People want to find a church where they're comfortable. We need to find one where we're, where we're uncomfortable. First John chapter 1 says this. John says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. He's talking about Jesus, isn't he? That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things have we written unto you that your joy may be full. So John is telling us, he's written the Bible, he's written his portion of the Bible, that you and I could have fellowship with what they're having fellowship with, with them, with Jesus, and we could walk in that fellowship with Jesus, knowing Him, experiencing Him, and loving Him, living for Him. But if you neglect your salvation, you lose that fellowship. We lose the fellowship of the seekers of God and knowing God himself. We lose that. That's going on. Secondly, John mentioned the joy of our salvation in, in the last part of that verse. And if we do not continue in our faith, if we don't... If we, if we neglect our salvation, we'll lose the joy of our salvation. You know, when you become a Christian, it's the equivalent of you were going down Current River on a, on, on a, a tube or whatever, and when you got saved, you turned direction and started up river. Most of you have been on Current River, Right? When you become a Christian, you were not the enemy of Satan, but now you are. When you got saved, you were the spiritual enemy of... When you got saved, you became the spiritual enemy of Satan and hell and all of his works. Does, does Satan work on the unbeliever? No. Why would he? He's got them already. But Satan works against the Christians, just like going upstream, up Current River. We, we've got to realize that this thing that we got into when we got saved is something that's real, that's the most important thing in our life, and we need to make sure we don't neglect 
to grow in our experience with God and our salvation and not we make sure we don't neglect so great salvation. I think of David. King David. You all know about him. You remember when he fought Goliath? Remember when he was a little boy writing songs out there, tending sheep, learning about the Lord, loving the Lord, writing songs about the Lord? You know, there came a time when David really basically almost quit writing songs. I, matter of fact, I don't know if he wrote any after this or not. What happened? He neglected his salvation. He got involved with uh, Bathsheba. God, because of His grace, brought something good out of that tragic mistake, then God can do that. But don't make mistakes just for God to do that. But David fell into adultery with Bathsheba. Over in Psalms 51, I think I've got it here recorded, verse 4, he says, uh, Against thee, when he come to realize he, he was on the wrong track, he said, he said, Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judgest. David said, uh, God, I'm, I've sinned against you. Things went wrong in David's life when he, when he committed that sin, right? Remember uh, the death of the baby? Remember uh, the, the war within the house where two, two brothers fought? One, you know, they were in a, a, a warfare with one, and one died. And then that son, Absalom, grew up, and, and then he died because he followed a rebellion against David. Uh, David said, I have sinned against you, God. And I'm going to tell you something. We can trace the bad things that happen in our life to sin in our life. Way back when. We can, the reality, we can sin all we want to sin and pray for crop failure, but they'll grow up just like grass will grow up in concrete. The results of our rebellion towards God will grow up and will reap what we sow. What David when he is in that prayer in Psalms 51, he said, Purge me with hyssop, that I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. You know, this is an Old Testament uh, reality uh, of him being cleansed of life. And it's the same thing as if you and I, if we've been in a life of rebellion, if we have been living against the, the will of God, if we have been in charge and neglecting our salvation, it's the same thing as us coming back to the altar and realizing that Jesus died for our sins on the cross. And it's a, a repentance for that rebellious life, that separated life from God. And it's a, a, a seeking and desiring and experiencing the cleansing that comes with that. He said, I've sinned against thee and thee only, God. Purge me in hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And then he said, Make me to hear the joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. And hide thy face not from, from my sin, and blot out my iniquity, and so that your face would not be hid against me. David had neglected his salvation. And as a small sin, we might call it, of neglecting our salvation, led to other sin, and he found himself in bed with another woman. 
Now, don't you look at me like you've never been tempted to do anything wrong. You all have, and many have followed it. The time for you to realize that you are, are wrong is the moment you realize it and run from it. Now, when David is getting right with God and restored his, his, his walk with God in this chapter, he says, create, me, create in me, God, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. David felt so separated from God. He was dirty. He felt like the Spirit of God had left him. He felt like God was so far from him. But this day, Psalm 51, he was restoring that walk with God. Restoring that walk with God. And now he's repenting of the neglect of his salvation. Now let me add this. Sometimes when you feel like God is far away from you, it's not because of sin in your life. I don't want to give you that, that, that doubt. But when there's sin in our life, we have separated ourselves from God. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God will what? Not hear me. And we have to turn to God and repent. So, neglecting our salvation, we lose our fellowship with the Lord, and we lose the joy of our salvation. And then, to add to that, if we neglect our salvation, sin stacks upon other sin. Sin stacks upon other sin. You know, you get out there, and, and, and you go out there, and you get away from God, and and, and it, it just gets worse and it gets worse. I've, I've told the story of Bob Tate. The story was told to me years ago. I've never gotten over it. Bob and his wife got saved and they started coming to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night and got involved in the children's ministry, was teaching Sunday school class of the little children in church and everything was going good, everything was going, going fine and, and Bob bought a motorboat, a ski boat. Well, that was no problem. They went to uh, church on Sunday. They went skiing on Saturday. Went to church on Sunday. And But, you know, things got busy. He had to start working overtime because he spent more money than he should have spent on stuff. Started working overtime. I'm going to tell you something. One of the great truths that you need to get as a Christian is that you, if you're going to enjoy your walk with God, you've got to live within your means. And the devil will stretch you out on a credit card and will stretch you out on bills and debts and get you to so that you get your head in the noose and all you got left to do is stand on your tippy toes. And then you wonder why you're not having victory in the Christian life. I'll tell you why you're not having victory in the Christian life. Because you're laying in the bed at night trying to figure out how am I going to pay for all this? You say, hey, you know what? That is, that is, it can cause you more harm. Get rid of that junk you don't need. Somebody said, right. Did I hear amen? Well, Bob had to work overtime. And, and so he started, he's, he's tired. He's worn out. It's just understandable. He stopped coming to Wednesday night. Every now and then he'd miss every night. He said, preacher, I'm just too tired to go. Hey, preacher understands that. Amen. I get tired too. The older I get, the more I understand. So, missing here and there on Wednesday night. Finally, he don't go on Wednesday night because found out it's just easier not to go on Wednesday night. Started missing a little bit here and there on Sunday night. 
Every now and then, not much. Just every now and then. But then used to be miss one, go five, miss one, go five, miss two, go three, miss three, go two, miss five, go one, miss ten, go one. Stop. Might as well quit anyway. Now we're down to Sunday morning. One service left for them to be out of church. Only one left. Finally goes to the preacher and said, Preacher, I think I need to resign my Sunday school. I think I just so busy. Well, guess what? They're taking the boat. They're going skiing. Skiing on Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Hey, it's more fun. Makes more sense. Bought all the gas to get out here. And we can't enjoy it. We, we've got to enjoy this. I need my time. And we all do. Started missing every once a month or so. Finally got out of church. The pastor that told the story said he got a letter from Texas prison. He said, Preacher, I want to apologize. Preacher, I want to apologize. He said, I got away from God. My wife got away from God. Her and the coach at school, at our school, got involved in an affair. And I killed him. I'm in prison on death row. All because of one little neglect of their salvation. Oh, preacher, that's not going to happen to me. We'll see. See, neglecting your salvation can cause so many things. We quench the Holy Spirit. We, and one sin leads to another sin. And we, go, we, 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 we stop... We stop following Christ and we begin in just a, in a wonderland, wondering where we are. And then we lose the confidence and the assurance of our salvation. And we cause, it causes us to doubt our salvation. We lose that confidence. And the Bible is written that we may know that we're saved and that we have eternal life. The Bible is written that we can have confidence. And then you lose the power of the Holy Spirit. But then the last one I want to mention, then we'll close. There's loss of rewards in heaven. You know, the Bible teaches us clearly that when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to receive rewards for being faithful, for serving Him. But we're going to suffer loss if we did not. We're going to suffer loss. The Bible also teaches us that a Christian loses rewards when there's sin in their life these sins that we used to do as a lost person that's been covered by the blood, now when we have to judge the seat of Christ, we're in trouble over. He says, we will suffer loss because of sin in our life. So it's an important thing. You get on this journey of knowing Christ, you get saved. It's important that you make your salvation the most important thing. I, I've shared this with you before, and I want you to get it. My, my wife is perfectly well with her having second place in my life. And I'm perfect with her putting me second in her life as long as the number one is Jesus and no one else. Have you been putting Jesus first or your wife first? Are your kids first? 
Have you? God's not pleased with that. Don't put your grandchildren first. Second is a great place for everything in it when Jesus is first. And when we don't let Jesus be first, we're neglecting our salvation because Jesus is our salvation. Let's bow our heads and quietly stand. I remind you of the story of Bob Tate who neglected his salvation and it ended in tragedy. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And oh, Lord, how all of us have been close to that place where we don't want to be in reality. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to hearts today and I pray that there be decisions made to restore the place of Christ and their salvation that we will not neglect it, that we will not lose. I pray in Jesus' name. Let's all sing that out. You come today if there's any need. Maybe you need to be baptized. And I don't know about it. You need to come right now. Let me know. Would you come? If you need to be saved, you come. We'll meet you right here. We want you to know Christ as your Savior. Would you come and give your heart to Jesus? You come. Whatever need you have, you come. Do you need to come? Let's sing it. Just as. Would you come? The Spirit of God is touching your heart to come to this altar. You come. Amen. That thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I come. Anyone else? Just as I am and waiting not to, to rid my soul of one dark blood to Thee, whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God. I come. Would you come? Whatever you need, come. Hey, what about just saying, hey, I'm I'm back, man. I'm I'm gonna live for the Lord. I'm gonna walk just with Jesus. If you need to come become part of this church, we invite you to come. You need to be baptized, you come. We'll welcome pardon. Because Anyone else need to be saved? Need to say be saved, come. Of God I come. Let's play softly, Susan. Our heads are bowed. Let's just bow our heads. You be praying that God would have his way. You pray God have his way in every heart here. You know, the easy fruit falls to the ground first. There's some tough ones sitting out there right now. The easy fruit has already fallen today. There's some tough nuts out there that need to be cracked. Won't you hit that altar and get right with God? Won't you get on that altar and get right with God?
You've been sitting in church. You haven't been missing church, but you know you ain't right with God. You need to get right with God. You're very critical. You're critical. Always got something negative to say. Always something bitter. Thinking, maybe not even saying. You're smart enough not to say it. Why don't you get right with God? Why don't you lay that on the altar and say, Lord, deliver me from this sin. You're always seeing how other people need to get right with God. Well, they do. They do. You're right there. But it's become an idol for you. Now you, you need to get right. Because you let that become between you and God. Oh, no, I hadn't done that. I've argued that one before. I've argued that one before. Anyone else need to come? Our goal is for you to go home right with the Lord today. Let's sing it out one more time, then we'll receive the offering. I am thy love unknown hath broken every barrier down now to be thine yes thine alone O Lamb of God I come I have our ushers come to receive the morning offering.